Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Oh, yeah. Well, he's plugged in. More plugged yeah. in than we are. That's yeah, for sure. that's a fact. <laughs> uh, speaking of previews, let's do one and... Welcome back to the South End Zone podcast. I'm your host tonight, Eric Mulher. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jason Bailey. Jason, what's up? Oh, man. Work, 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 man. It's been a rainy Monday, and uh, it was a disaster, but that's okay, because work's over for the day. And I can actually, you know, focus on the job that I enjoy doing, which is podcasting. So um, it's it's a good, man. I'm, I'm excited to discuss half of the big 12 anyway definitely mm-hmm. uh some of these teams are more interesting than i initially thought when i saw your list a couple of them a couple of them are kind of uh sneaky intriguing but yeah. we'll we'll get to that actually the only kind of bit of breaking news and it's not a huge story but one one thing that did come out today uh the big 12 as most listeners know uh is basically in the kind of the T crossing I dotting phase of their media rights deal. And one thing that came out today, uh, I believe Ross Dellinger tweeted that part of this deal that they're finalizing is going to include some Friday night games. Now, Jason, we've, we've talked about that in regards to why doesn't the PAC 12 do it and kind of take over that night because they really get elbowed out of a lot of the Saturday slots, but yeah, the big 12 uh, jumped in there initial reaction. (laughs) Yep, too late now for the Pac-12, which, you know, we kind of uh, texted back and forth a little bit about this today, but that's what some of these Pac-12 schools might benefit from it anyway, because the Pac-12 still doesn't have a fucking TV deal. doesn't look like, I, I don't think they're going to get one. Like, they're going to get something, but it ain't going to be enough to keep Oregon and Washington happy, I don't think. So, I I think if it's gone on this long and there's still like some uncertainty. Well, there is. And I think they're waiting to see what the actual, like what the no shit final numbers are for the big 12. But the longer it goes on, the more I think that their meteorite seal is just going to be horrific. Oh yeah. Like just an absolute embarrassment. Like they're going to be a Nickelodeon (laughs) for $8 million of school or something. Like (laughs) it's not going to be good. It's, it's just, it's, it's looking bad. 
Yeah, it doesn't look good. But ultimately, yeah, I, I'm excited, man, about the Big 12 playing weekday games. You know, the uh, I believe it's the because, you know, we've had Tuesday night action for a while. Well, uh, and, yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday. A lot. Yeah, or Wednesday night action. Yeah. So uh, I think this year, if I'm not mistaken, the Conference USA is going to do weekday games in October and then you'll have action in November on weekdays. Yeah. So action starts basically after the world series ends, and yeah. some of those weeknight slots get opened up. Same thing with the Sun Belt on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. So yeah, once baseball's over, you know, we'll, we'll see more weeknight games to include uh Friday night. I personally was surprised to see it because the big 12 has so many teams in Texas and Oklahoma and you t- start talking Friday nights, you start talking high school football. And I, I'm yeah. really surprised they're trying to elbow in on that because it's somewhat of a sacred institution in Texas. Like, Indeed. It makes much more sense in a state like California or, Oregon or Washington, you know, where the high school football is not law. And so, yeah, I, I don't know, man, it's, it's really interesting, but I personally, as a viewer, (laughs) I'm excited about it. It's like, Fuck, it's 10.30 on Friday night, and I don't have shit to do. What's happening on TV? Turn it on, and there's a fucking college football game on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, I'll go, I'll go to the high school games here at home. I ordinarily don't go to away games, uh, particularly since I don't have any more kids on the team. But, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I do have some free Friday nights, uh, even being a high school football fan. And now I guess I have something to do during those. So. Oh, yeah. And I like I have a kid in the band. OK, so I definitely go to some of the high school games and like, you know, I might pay attention a little bit. But now if there's a game going on, I could like literally turn it on on my phone and like put my one of my earbuds in and listen to it at least mm-hmm. and have something interesting to listen to. So I don't know. I think it's going to be good. I'm excited about it. And fuck, I mean, who? if you're going to complain, like as a listener, I get it. Friday nights, high school football, all that. But ultimately, you're going to complain about having more days to watch football than I just don't want to. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just we're not going to agree. <laughs> yep. So speaking of not agreeing, let's go over some win totals. Ooh. And to, you know, as we said, we're doing half of the Big 12. Uh, do you remember how you did on the Big 12 last year? Oh, yeah. I fucking crushed the Big 12. I think I went like nine and one. You you went a lot like nine and one. You went exactly <laughs> nine and one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Let's, let's uh, temper the expectations for this year for the listeners. Don't expect me to pay out at a 90% rate yeah. again. So, so I went six and four, uh, respectable. You know, I, I basically I covered the juice and maybe made a little little bit but uh, you know not certainly not nine and one yeah and so speaking of not agreeing let's jump into some win totals and like it's oh, yeah like we said earlier we're gonna we're gonna do half of the big 12 so uh, kind of splitting it up sort of a north south deal and let's go with the the most northern team on your list and that is the new big 12 members the byu cougars oh god I'm not sure what to think of them, but from what I've seen, I don't know that I love it. So tell me about them. I want winners. I'll keep it relatively short. And this one, I'm. it's going to be a tough transition. I'll put it to you that way. Like it's their, their roster is littered with transfers. They have transfers all over the place and especially in the two deep, like, like their whole, like I would say 60% of their two deep is, or their second string is probably transfers. Like it's, they had to go hard in the portal and 
that doesn't, I don't want to call it like a super negative thing because you can make some positive additions in the portal that can give you, you know, better than what you had. But at the same time, going from playing a schedule like they've been playing in the last three, four, five seasons, which is, you know, included a lot of like division two level teams, like basically they played. For instance, they played the hometown team where I live, like UNA, you know, one year, beat them 52 to nothing or something. Like, that's the kind of competition that they've been playing, you know, and you just don't get much of that. Like, they have played some tough teams. They play Utah, stuff like that. You know, they play, they have a good record against the Pac 12. They played some tough teams last year, but that, yeah. that's not always the right. case. But, with them. but you don't get as many layups on a nine game conference schedule <laughs> as you do when you're an independent and you have you know four maybe five tough games now you have seven you know what i mean especially when most of these teams have more talent than you just based on recruiting and resources and that kind of thing so ultimately with BYU what's their total four and a half is that right yes okay so on his third team You've got Keaton Slovis, mm-hmm. who has transferred in to quarterback the offense. And they do have a kid that transferred in from, well, he was at Louisville and he was a UNLV, Aiden Robbins. He's a good runner, good running back. But ultimately, the offense, they, they didn't really lose a ton. And that wasn't really their problem last year. I think they... I think they put up like 36 points a game last year or something, 35 maybe. Offense was not their issue. Defensively is where I have huge concerns for this team, especially walking into a conference like the Big 12 where offense is king. And Kalani Sataki, he fired his entire defensive coaching staff, minus like one dude this offseason, and for good reason. You know, they were absolutely abysmal last year on defense. They gave up like, hmm. I don't have the number in front of me. I think they were 99th or so in points yeah, per game allowed. A 29 and change. They were right above the one the century mark uh, in points per game allowed, and the same with yards per game. <laughs> That's playing a, a much weaker schedule than they're about to walk into. So ultimately, man, when I look at this team and it's littered with transfers and they're walking into a new conference and all that, I can pretty easily, you know, find let's see, one, two. Two wins should be guaranteed right out of the gate. They should be 2-0, but then they got a trip to Arkansas, a trip to Kansas, Cincinnati at home, trip to TCU, Texas Tech at Texas, at West Virginia, Oklahoma at home. <laughs> it just, it, I don't know, man. I, I'm going to say under, but not by much. Like if, if they went five and seven, it wouldn't shock me, but I'm just, I, I don't feel great about the first year transition. I'm going to pick them to go four and eight. Mm, I kind of, I think they're going to go over probably not by much. I think their ceiling is probably six wins, but they bring back five of their six leading tacklers from last year. Yeah. Uh, They have a linebacker. I like a lot. Ben Bywater. Is that a good thing though? (laughs) It's what a good thing. Bringing back five of their six top tacklers from last year. I mean, listen to their, this is one thing I wanted to point out. Like listen to their schedule from last year, teams that, that they played USF, Wyoming, Utah State, East Carolina, Boise State, at Stanford, who's a fucking terrible team. Okay, like, I mean, Boise won 10 games. They also played Oregon, Notre Dame, Baylor, and Arkansas last year. Like, It's not like they had walkarounds for 12 games. Like, They played tough teams last year, and they were not great on defense. They do need to be better. They are bringing back some good players, even though they're replacing most of their secondary. And that's concerning to me in this conference, but four and a half, I think, is just too low so i'm going to take him to go five i'm going to pick him to win five. Ooh, 
All right. First disagreement right out of the gate. I like it. Yep. Not wasting any time. Who else do I want to disagree with you about? <laughs> well, who, who I know. Do I, who do I want to disagree with you? I know one for a fact. I think we're both going to be on the over on. So yeah, let's talk about the team. That, yeah, let's talk about the team that we are both going to take over seven and a half wins on. I'm sure the Absolutely. defending Big Twelve champ. Oh yeah, Kansas State Wildcats. God, fucking seven and a half. Disrespectful. Can you get more disrespectful than seven and a half for the defending Big Twelve champs? I'm not sure you can, but. Let's talk about Kansas State a little bit. Climbing, we know, is a winning machine. Okay, first of all, the the thing you need to understand about Chris Climbing, first of all, is that he wins with like three star talent. Okay, mm-hmm. like he he doesn't have all the five star just freaks that Georgia and Alabama and the Clemsons of the world and the Ohio States of the world have. This dude gets two and three stars and wins ball games with them. So kind of like a Mike Gundy in that way. You know, never never gonna bring in the big dogs, but wins a lot of games. So. Uh, Will Howard, who stepped in last year and was pretty excellent, I would say. I mean, his completion percentage was around like 60%. I think he threw 59%, but uh, 1633 yards, 15 to four touchdown interceptions, 8.2 yards an attempt. Not too shabby for seven games, you know? I, no, mean, I, thought, I, he was fine. I thought he was the better quarterback. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Adrian Martinez is what he is, and that's just, yeah. So Will Howard, it's his team. He's back. He's the dude. Okay, so the issue that they have, the the biggest hold that this team has to fill is Deuce Vaughn. I mean, I don't know how you replaced 1,936 yards from scrimmage. The dude who had 3,643 touchdowns in his career, that's a big fucking hole. But having two guys with a lot of experience, and by that I mean uh, Treshawn Ward, who transferred from Florida State, and the Giddens kid who backed up Vaughn last year. Treshawn Ward, he's never been the dude. In the offense, but I mean, he averaged 6.6 yards a carry last year. So that's a good place yeah, to start. Very, very similar number of the year before. I think he's going to have a huge season. Like, not, yeah, to, it, not to interrupt your flow here, but he, no, he's on my I, breakout players list. He's, yeah, I, I agree. I think he could have a big season in this offense. And, you know, the <laughs> Big 12 is not known for playing defense, really. So you're, you're not wrong in that he could blow up. And like I say, the Giddens kid that played behind uh, Vaughn last year is not bad. He averaged 5.8 a carry. 500 yards, you know, so they do have a one-two monster there running back that I think could be very productive. So we'll see. But, you know, it's a lot easier to run behind the entire offensive line coming back. Like their whole five deep comes back. So, you know, our thoughts on the offensive line. It's a good five, too. Yeah. If you're a listener. it's, It's easily a top 10 unit in college football. I would agree with that. And if this is your first time listening to the show, um, if you're a regular listener, you know what I'm about to say. But if this is your first time, then we are of the opinion that if your offensive line sucks, nothing else matters. But this is the opposite. Their offensive line does not suck, and they're all back. And I feel like uh, this offense run by Colin Klein, former uh, battering Ram QB, second 40s finished second in the Heisman back then. But uh, Yeah, second but, or third, I think. Yeah, yeah I think uh, it's going to be a very prolific, prolific offense again. Now, defensively, you, you kind of don't really worry too much about Kleiman's defenses. Like, you know, they're going to play hard and be tough, but they do have some stuff to replace. Like, they got to replace pretty much their entire secondary, which is worrisome in the Big 12. So that's problem number one. Number two is how do you replace Enodike Uzuma? The dude was an absolute wrecking machine. You know he's an NFL caliber dude. He got drafted. So he's gone. They do bring back, like, their top, two linebackers 
uh, Green and Moore. That mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're both really good players. Uh, Green is probably, I mean, I would say, what do you think? He's a top ten linebacker in the country. You think when he's healthy? He's very very good. I I like Moore a little better. I think. Um, well, he was their leading tackler last yeah, year. Moore was, but I think Green was banged up last year, wasn't he? I think he missed some time. I also like they have a safety I like a lot too. Um, Savage. Yeah. Yeah, they're only guy that's coming back. Yeah, <laughs> from the, from the if you're only going to bring one guy back from last year's defense, I think he, <laughs> and, you know, secondary wise, I think he might be the one. He, he's a hell of a player. Yeah, and uh, they only bring back one pass rusher of any kind of consequence, and he had like six sacks last year, I think. So th- the interior defensive line should be fine, and Clemens teams usually stop the run pretty decent. So I'm not worried about like interior defensive line or linebackers. I'm just worried about like where's the pass rush going to come from. That's what I want to see. So aside from that, man, th- their schedule, it's its really not all that favorable like mm-hmm. as compared to some years. It, they got road trips at Oklahoma State, Texas, TCU, Texas Tech, Mizzou, Kansas. I mean, it is a tough slate, man. So if I was just going to ballpark it, if you said seven and a half, I'm going to take the over. But it wouldn't shock me if they backslid a little bit off of double-digit wins. Does that make sense? It does. I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't expect them to win 10 games again because of that schedule. You look at the conference schedule, they miss Cincinnati, who we'll talk about in a minute, but they're a five-and-a-half win team from Vegas. West Virginia, five-and-a-half. BYU, four-and-a-half. They miss all those guys, right? So they get all the big boys. They get uh, they get Troy in non-conference play. Uh, Troy won 12 games last year. Yeah, not a and see, man. Like last year, they played Tulane and fucking right. lost to them, who won eleven games last year. And that, that loss ended up, yeah, loss ended up looking fine. Like, yeah, oh, and I mean, if you're gonna lose to a team, yeah, I guess pick one that wins fucking twelve games. But Jesus, like, why would yeah. you put T- Troy or Tulane on your schedule? Like, I don't get that. Well, when they scheduled that game, probably three or four years ago, how good was Tulane? You know, two <laughs> years know. ago, I think Tulane won two games. it's true um, it's true you know it happens that's one of those that you're like damn wish i wouldn't have done that right so non-conference wise they don't necessarily have the the easy games that you might be hoping for they they play missouri who's not awful but they're not some fcs team either so because of the schedule i'm going to say they do slide back a little bit from from 10 wins i don't expect them to win the conference or really be in contention necessarily for a, a spot in the title game but i do think they'll win eight games i think they have enough they're bringing back and i think climbing is too good to say they're not going to win eight games well i shouldn't okay i i, I want to backtrack a little bit here before we move on I, I shouldn't say that like i expect them to backtrack like i have a ton of confidence in that <laughs> i mean it wouldn't shock me if this team won 11 or 12 games like the big 12 is as wide open as it's been in years like it oklahoma is. we don't know texas we know about offense we don't know about defense and you know, last year, Texas looked really good, and then they looked really average, and then they looked really good. So we'll see. Baylor, who fucking knows? Oklahoma State. I heard Phil Steele talking today about Oklahoma State. He's like, ah, everybody's down on them, but watch out for them. They're kind of sneaky. So it's like you got a road trip up there. That's not great. But the Big 12, in my opinion, everybody is picking Texas. But how many times have we picked Texas and they just don't do anything? They well, I've never, I've never picked Texas. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, we as a collective college football oh, fandom. How many, yeah, I mean, Texas, how many obviously, times- like we've talked about it, Texas is one of those teams that consistently gets more preseason hype that, you know, they don't necessarily live up to, like at A&M or a Miami or oh, yeah. in a lot of years in Oregon. Yeah, but- so I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a given that, like, Texas is going to fucking dominate this year and beat whoever. Like, yeah, they got to go on the road to Texas, but fuck. I've seen bad teams go in there and win. So, I mean, should they backslide a little bit based on schedule? Yeah. Uh, are they going to? I don't know. They might not. They might fucking yeah. just go 12-0. and 0. I don't know. Well, they might. I doubt it, but they might. I, <laughs> yeah. I am confident they'll win eight games, though. Yeah, bottom line, they're going to be a really good team, I think. Yeah, I, I think seven and a half is a game too low for them. I think yeah. Kleiman is not getting the respect. No, a little bit disrespectful from a guy who, how many national championships does this dude have at the uh, FCS uh, level? Four. <laughs> four? Yeah. Yeah. And Already spe- winning double digit games at Kansas State. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of winners who win, Ooh, uh, yeah. another guy who was not the sexiest name when he was hired, but is, owns, I believe, six national championships at the Division three level, Lance Leipold and his Kansas Jayhawks are getting five and a half from Vegas. Over. I feel strong about this now, really strong. You know, because Kansas is a fun story, right? I mean, they they beat Texas two years ago, and then last year we made an absolute fucking killing betting Kansas the first Mm -hmm. five weeks of the season before Vegas caught up with them and injuries caught up with them. So they're, they're a fun team to follow. Now, some things you need to know about Kansas. One, their entire offense is back, and they scored a shit ton of points last year. And so Jalen Daniels is pretty fucking dynamic. He led the nation total QBR. I did not know that until I read it today. I was like, holy shit, this dude's good. Uh, now he, he threw 66% completion, 18 to four touchdown interception ratio, 8.8 yards in attempt. His backup actually was better. Bean. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. He, he filled in admirably. I thought he did now. Injuries and tough schedule kind of caught up with them on the back end where they, you know, lost five out of six there, sort of lost some of their mojo when Daniels went out. But I don't know if you saw his performance in the bowl game that was basically fucking historic against Mm -hmm. Arkansas, 500 and some odd yards, six touchdowns, like just freak show. So if that's what I'm going to be watching this year, then I'm excited to watch Kansas football now. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> on the other side of the ball. <laughs> the bad news <laughs> department. <laughs> hey, all right. So 35 points a game allowed last year. That's good for 124th nationally. We suck. That being said, most of the like back seven is back, you know, like your DBs and mm-hmm. most of your linebackers are all back, but they got to replace pretty much their entire front four and a couple of the backups behind them. And that's from a unit that allowed 209 yards a game on the ground. We suck. Yeah, they're mm. they're going to give up a shit yardy, <laughs> yeah, shitload yeah. of yards. Yeah. So the the bottom line for me on Kansas schedule wise, they're definitely. I feel like they got a great chance to start four and zero. Okay, you got Missouri State, Illinois, at Nevada, and BYU. Okay. They have a great chance to start 4-0. Will they go 4-0? Don't know, but they got a chance to. And then it's where it starts to get tough. You go, They go on the road to Texas, and then they come back home for UCF. All right, so winnable for sure. At Oklahoma, 
back or at Oklahoma State, excuse me. Tough back home for Oklahoma. Okay. At Iowa State, back home for Texas Tech. So it's kind of a go on the road to face a weaker opponent, come back home for a tougher one for about six weeks there. And then they close out with Kansas State and at Cincinnati, which I think is winnable. So if you're going to tell me five and a half, I can pretty easily find four wins on the schedule. And out of Iowa State, Cincinnati, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, I think they – you know, I think they managed to win six games here and get back to a bowl at least. Um, you know, that maybe they surprise and have a winning record this year, but I think they go at least six and six and get back to a bowl. Yeah, I like him to, to win six games. The I, like you said, the defense was horrible. Their defensive line, it looks like a weakness again, but yeah. they're okay on the back end. Which I guess if you had to choose in this conference, I think you would maybe would be rather be good on the back end than up front in a lot of cases. But uh, you know, they're they're going to have their issues defensively. So it really comes down to, you know, can they can they go win a shootout against a Texas Tech or an Oklahoma State or whoever? So I just I think you know I can find the five wins easily enough. Do I do I trust Leipold? to kind of sneak one, you know, steal one, or get one of those 50-50 games, and I think I do. So I like them to get to six and six as well. Mm, love that. So two out of three we agree on here. Yep. That's not too bad. That's better than I thought it was going to be. I can't believe we. I took an over on the first three Big 12 teams we covered. <laughs> I know, right? It's so not you. I don't understand. You went, you went under on like seven out of – 10 teams last year or something. It's pretty crazy. And speaking of overs, let's go with a team that you are annually on the over with, and that would be Mike Gundy, my arch nemesis, and his Oklahoma State Cowboys. Six and a half, man. They Things are trending downward, man. Everybody's down on them. I don't like what I'm seeing. Am I crazy? So three weeks ago, I would have said, no, you're not because they were one of my trending down teams on an article I wrote for belly up sports kind of at first glance. I really didn't like what I saw from them. Um, They had some bad, bad losses. Uh, I wasn't real thrilled with a lot of the players they were bringing back. It just didn't look great. And I'm going to backtrack on that. You kidding me? Oh my goodness. Because you really dig in. Their schedule is favorable. They, they miss TCU. They miss Texas. They miss Baylor non-conference they get arizona state and that's the only one i really remember so I mean, they, they were killed by injuries last season particularly on defense well, spencer schedule, sanders left the, the, the schedule know, really that, point, real quick the schedule really points that out you talked about the schedule that's something i was going to bring up but while you're on it i didn't realize this is a team that at one point in the season was six and one and the number yeah. nine team in the country. Yeah, they were a top ten just, team and they and got then they fucking collapsed. They got yeah. do- just destroyed by Kansas State 48 to nothing, and it was all downhill from there. It was. That's when Sanders got hurt and yeah. their their backup, I think, had transferred right before the season started, maybe. Yeah. Um you know, so they're down to third stringers. Uh, they just you know, even with Sanders leaving, they they have seven starters back on offense they'll they'll be better up front than they were i think uh presley the wide receiver love that guy he's he's a lot of fun to watch so they'll be all right on offense i think they get six starters back from defense and a new defensive coordinator Derek mason has moved on so they brought in brian nardo thank god 
So the middle of their defense, I think, will be good. They got uh, two linebackers I like a lot, Daniels and Benson. So kind of on the fence at six and a half, and then I'll lean towards you know Mike Gundy's track record. He's he's made a bowl game seventeen straight years. So between just Gundy winning games that he sometimes shouldn't, even though he may lose a game he shouldn't, I think he wins more than he that you don't expect him to than the other way around. So. That and the schedule will will tip me over, and I think this is a seven, maybe eight win team because the Big Twelve is a conference where there's a lot of teams stacked up towards the middle, and someone usually wins an inordinate amount of those 50-50 games. It maybe looks better than they are, and I think that could be Mike Gundy. So give me the over. <laughs> Giving you the over on Gundy, man. Well, I can tell you what. For the first time in South End Zone podcast history. Oh shit! I actually agree. Let's go. I agree with you. Gundy is going to make the over. I agree with most of what you said about the roster. I do like some of the guys that you highlighted. I, I did go back and watch some of their, you know, highlights from last season today. And like you say, injuries and just a tough schedule on the back end. That Kansas State game, man, I think it just did something to them. Like it fucking demoralized them. Yeah, I think I mean, it did because they didn't look, you know, you watch you watch them from like, I don't know, like week four, week five, yeah. and then you watch them at week 10. You know, first off, like a third of the guys are missing. Yeah, yeah. And secondly, the guys who are out there, they don't really come off like they're playing for a whole lot. They're just kind of there. Yeah. It was going through the motions, man. Like and plus if you're a, if you're a top 10 team and you get just demolished 48 to nothing. I mean the, the only team that they had lost to at that point was the national championship runner up in TCU in which they blew a 14 point lead to, by the way, and lost in overtime. I think double overtime actually. And so just man, but if I look at this year and yes, they did hemorrhage some players, but I think uh, Derek Mason moving on is a good thing. I, I just something's going on with that dude. Like I think he's just kind of like he was at Auburn and he left Auburn and went to Oklahoma State. Now he's moved on again. I just I, I'm not a fan of Mason. You know, I've been pretty vocal about that. But nonetheless, I mean, Central Arkansas at Arizona State, South Alabama at Iowa State. All four of those are winnable games right out of the gate. So, I mean, yeah, Kansas State, Kansas, that those are tough games, sure. But they're both at home at West Virginia. West Virginia, we don't know. Cincinnati at home, winnable. Oklahoma at home. I mean, it's the it's the bedlam game. Who fucking knows? And then they go on the road back to back to UCF and Houston. So, I mean, when you catch all the new guys. Oh, 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 and right by behind that, they get BYU at home. So they get three of the new guys right out, of, you know, right at the back end of the schedule, and they should be more talented than all three of those teams. So just based on the schedule, and like you say, Gundy's track record, man, I'm going to take the over as well. First time in uh, podcast history. Yeah, I, I think I just feel like unless they have a just a mash unit, uh, you know, injury wise, they're going to be good enough to to close out and and get those wins on the back end it, it might be close it might come down to the last game or second to last game but i i do think they get to seven wins mm, i like it but speaking of teams i don't like and coaches that i don't like talk to me about iowa state man i i just i'm not an iowa state buyer i've never been an iowa state buyer them having a good season is an outlier five and a half what are they going to do they're well. They're going to go over. Um, oh. In in that same article where I I shaded Gundy, even though I took it back, I, I'm going to stick with what I said about Iowa State 
they were the very first team I, I pointed out as being a, a, a candidate to to take a step forward. I was on the under last year for them, and I hit because they finished four and eight. They could have easily finished seven and five. They um, they lost a ton of close games in conference play. They lost, I think, four conference games by a total of like nine points, uh, and they were all just right in a row. They they had a ton of injuries on offense. You know, and I was on the under because they had so many guys leaving, right? They breaking in a new quarterback, Brees Hall left, their tight end left. Oh yeah, they got gutted. Just completely and, gutted. Yeah. Uh the quarterback I thought got better as the year went on. I didn't watch a ton of them, but he was I thought he was noticeably better from like the second game to you know, their eighth game, I think was the next time I saw him. He he needs to take better care of the football, and I think that comes with experience. He threw uh like thirteen or fourteen interceptions last year, but they are similar to 2021. They are bringing back basically everybody on offense. I think they have nine starters back, and that was their issue last year. They averaged 20 a game, and that's not going to get it done in this conference. So, <laughs> no, I think they will be better on offense, and I think they'll be similar uh, on defense from a year ago. They they have five or six guys back from a really really good defense, uh, 20 points per game, less than 300 yards type defense. So. I think five is just a game too low. I think they get to six, maybe seven. Hmm. Interesting. You look at their schedule. It's not really friendly on the front end, man. I mean, you got Iowa, Oklahoma State, at Oklahoma, TCU, all in the first six weeks. That's that's not all that great. And then on the back end, at Baylor, Texas, at Kansas State. That's terrible. That'll kill us. I'm going to disagree with you and say they go under, man. I'm going to say another five and seven season for the the Cyclones. I just I can't get behind it, man. And once again, I, I'm basing this off track record. Okay. You know, has Matt Campbell had some good seasons? Yes. But I don't see any Brees Hall or what's another name? Brock Purdy type dudes. Mm-hmm on their offense that I would that would make me think they're going to take a gigantic step forward from 20 points a game. So, I'm going to say 5 and 7 again. Mm. All right, that's two. <laughs> Get ready for three here. All right. So, Only if you're taking the over on West Virginia. Oh god, no. All right. But I want to talk to you about one of the new boys here. Let's talk about the Bearcats, Cincinnati. Am I crazy here? Do they have the highest win total of all the new teams, or is UCF the same? UCF has six and a half. Okay, so UCF is the highest. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, so yeah, five and a half here for Cincinnati. I mean, they lose Luke Fickle. You know, they they bring on a guy that at one point last year we were calling uh, Hot Cedar Field, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as their head coach. So kind of a curious hire. You know, most everybody in that the is Louisville, a, so, extraordinarily polite way to put that. Yeah, most I don't know any Louisville fans that were really sad to see him go. I know three, and they would have all driven up there to help load the moving truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll bring some money to throw in the Brinks armored truck to back up to his house to get him gone. Yeah, so it, it's a little bit of a curious hire. And their schedule, man, it's uh, – I, I don't know. I think they probably got the best draw of all the new schools. I mean, am oh, I crazy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, they, they miss they miss Kansas State. They miss Texas. They miss TCU. Yeah. yeah. Schedule-wise, they, they're doing way better than, than their, uh, their new guy counterparts. 
Yeah. So talk to me about these guys. Five and a half. They're going to go over that with this uh, pretty favorable schedule here. Uh, I don't think so uh, because they they bring back nine starters in total. Mm. Um, they lose their starting quarterback. They they lost their top eight receivers from last year and four starters on the offensive line. So that is just a ton uh, to replace. And I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, they, I mean, obviously they brought you know, like anyone else would. They brought in transfers. Yeah, uh, by the by the dozen, it feels like. But you know, is that going to be good enough? I don't know. Like who, you know, Emory Jones. I watched him a ton at Florida. If if you're telling me that their bowl eligibility hopes rest on the shoulders of Emory Jones, I'm concerned. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's got a lot of experience, but you know, he didn't stick at Florida or Arizona State for for a reason. And you know, outside of that, even a lot of these other guys, you know, he's the only one with a real significant amount of experience among all these transfers. So there's, they have just question marks all over the place. And with a coach that was not impressive at Louisville, I just, I don't, I don't like it under. Yeah. I mean, I would say just off the cuff here. Okay. At Pitt loss, Oklahoma loss, Baylor loss at Oklahoma state loss at West Virginia, eh, possible loss, Kansas possible loss. But outside of that, Pretty much all their other games are toss-ups. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that they absolutely won't go over and, you know, win six games, but the odds are not against them. I'm with you. I would lean to the under just based on the fact that, when, like you said, man, the whole offensive line is gone. So if you're telling me that you're going to replace your whole offensive line and walk into a tougher conference – that's going to make me bet the under, period. Yeah, and this is one of those, like, yeah, give me the under, and if they win six games, I will be the first to tip my hat and tell them, you know, congratulations. I'm I'm, I'm impressed because I really did not think you would do that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, so last team in our uh, part one here of the Big 12 that we're going to discuss, and we actually touched on this team last week or a couple of weeks ago, West Virginia, they got a five and a half win total. Now, the backyard brawl last year, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't see that game, you need to go back and get on YouTube and just watch it because it was phenomenal football. It was one of the best football games that we've watched in what? I mean, a couple of years. It was, it was a fantastic game. Yeah, you would put it in the top 10 of games that you've watched on TV and enjoyed in the last three or four seasons. It was a phenomenal game. And it, just the way Pitt won – it you know with a uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, you know he's wide open, gets hit with a ball, a pass, and he just it goes flying over his head after he you know drops it and gets picked and goes for six, and that's how Pitt ends up winning. It's just it's nuts, but but it also Pitt kind Ford, of encapsulates Neil Brown's tenure. Yes, at West Virginia, just in that one game. Correct. And the pitchforks are kind of out for him. He was number one in my hot seat rankings. So ultimately, Eric, am I going to be wrong in my hot seat rankings and him going to stick around for another year? Or is this going to be it for him? Because this is definitely his show me or else season, I feel like. It is. He was number three on my list. And I I don't love the schedule. Like non-conference, they get Penn State, who 
has an outside shot at a playoff run. They're going to be a yeah. very good. They yeah, get the they backyard open roll with again. Penn State. And by the way, what what's the line on that game? If it's like 17 and a half or something, it's a big fucking line. It, it's a sturdy number. And it yeah. should be because Penn State is a better team. Uh, yeah, they're they gonna, also get pit in non-conference. Yeah. The I mean, a new quarterback. The opening the opening five weeks are a fucking gauntlet. Yeah. I mean, I they, they open with Penn State and then Pitt, Texas Tech at TCU. <laughs> they could yeah. be one. I don't love they could be I don't love the four. schedule. I don't love the defense they're bringing back. They got seven guys back from a defense that gave up 33 a game, you know, and, the, and this is one of those we always ask, like, how much of how many of those guys do you want back? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, the defense was bad. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't, honestly, I don't know if I see a fifth win for them on this schedule, let alone a sixth. So, under. Yeah, I'm with you 1,000%, man. I just, I, I think, based on what I'm seeing here, I had him number one in my hot seat rankings for a reason. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't and, some mystery. Yeah, and you open with Penn State. I think that's going to be a bloodbath. Then you get Duquesne, and then you get Pitt. Okay, so if you get demolished by Penn State and then lose the backyard brawl and you're walking into Texas Tech at home and at TCU, going into that bye week, man, they could legit be one and four. And if that's the case, I think Brown is gone at that point. Like to me, he would have to beat either like if he loses to Penn State in spectacular fashion, he would basically, in my opinion, have to run the table against Pitt, Texas Tech, and TCU to have a chance to make it through the season. I think if they have more than three losses at the bye week, he's done. They'll beat Duquesne. If they can win that Texas Tech game and keep it competitive against Penn State and TCU, maybe because they, you know you get Houston, that's winnable. Um, Oklahoma State, God, who knows with those guys, game to game. UCF and BYU, they're not expected to be strong teams, but uh, man, it, I think once once they get to that seventh loss, which I think will be probably the Oklahoma game, second week in November, and the kind of their their postseason fate is sealed. I think his is as well. If he's fired before January first of twenty twenty four, his buyout would be sixteen point seven million. I've seen worse buyouts. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of better ones though too. But so I don't. Yeah, it's you know, a steep and, buyout. You know, it's definitely more than uh, like Scott Frost got paid when he got fired. So, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know that that buyout number means different things to different schools. Yeah, you know, te- te- Texas A and M would not blink. No, fuck no, they don't. They, they wouldn't blink at thirty. You know, they would. Right. Whatever. They, they owe um, Jimbo seventy five million still. You know, whatever. They don't. Yeah. But, you know, Auburn wouldn't think twice, you know, places no. like that. But at a school like West Virginia, I question if that's going to be a factor. Um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, that should be interesting. But, I mean, ultimately, they if you start off that bad again, he's got to go. I mean, period. It's just if, if the opening of the season is going like it ends up going like we think it will, he'll be gone. Like you, you, you don't keep him around after that. So, yeah, I, I think one and four with what they have on the back end is will spell doom. Who do you like from? Do you like any of these teams from this side, aside from Kansas State, to maybe challenge for the Big 12? Or is it just Kansas State, nobody else? I think it's Kansas State. And then Oklahoma State is always the wild card for me. Yeah, that's what any, I was going to say. Any given year, 
Like if, if our favorite time traveler shows up some <laughs> August and yep. says, Hey, you know, Oklahoma state's going to be 10 and two. I, I would be, I wouldn't be any more surprised than if he said, Oklahoma state's going to be six and six. Like I, yeah. who knows it, yeah, they are so erratic. So never rule them out, even though I don't love their chances, but well, you know, they got, uh, Whatever his last name is, the billionaire T Boone Pickens Stadium. Pickens, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. He, well, his estate. Yeah, yeah. He's he's thrown another like whatever it was, sixty million dollars into yeah, their program this off season. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe he can afford to buy some players with some of that money he's thrown in there. Yeah, it's yeah. really not Gundy style. And you know, agree or disagree, I, I I think you have to respect the fact that he he is intent on doing things his way. Um, oh yeah. I give Mike Gundy a lot of crap because he, you know, loses games that he's not supposed to, but on a personal level, I agree with Mike Gundy on probably 70% of things in life. You know, I mean, he's, oh, yeah. he, he's, you know, kind of like our type of dude, but just no, he is the way like he, this, this show is yeah, kind of an example of that. Like, you know, or, or, are we going to ride this to a six figure bank account? Uh, unlikely, but no. you know, we enjoy the fact that we get to do our show our way, how we want it. And we don't Correct. have to, to cater to anyone else. Indeed. You know, Gundy's similar. Like, you know, he's got the attitude of, Hey, you know, if I go four and eight this year and four and eight next year and get fired, I'm okay with that. It's true. You know, I would rather do that than be somebody I'm not and win just enough games to keep my job. Um, there's, there's a certain authenticity. I think he has that, I appreciate personally. No doubt. All right. So we've got Kansas state and Oklahoma state is sort of that look out team. Cause maybe. they just, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Well, Oklahoma state's a lookout team any given week anyway, but I, I do think Kansas state will be better than seven and a half. I don't know that they're going to be good enough to, you know, without the divisions, if they're going to be one of the top two teams at the end of the regular season, as far as a birth in the title game, I think we're going to talk next week about some teams whose chances I like a little bit better. Yeah. For me, man, I, I'm really, again, I'm super pumped to watch Kansas this year to see what they do. Cause God, they were so exciting in the first five weeks of the season. And then Daniels goes down with an injury and they just kind of tank. So if they manage to stay healthy, for a whole season, like, holy shit, man, they could be, they could make some noise. I'm not saying they could go to the big 12 title or win it or anything like that, but their, their defense is not good enough for that. But fuck USC had a terrible defense last year and won fucking 11 games. So I mean, yeah, if you have that, I mean, if nothing else, they, they might go seven and five, but they'll be the most fun seven and five team maybe oh, yeah. that you could watch. Yeah, no doubt. I'm super pumped about it. And I am interested to see all these new teams in the Big 12, man, like BYU. What the hell are they going to do? You know, it's, it's just going to be it's going to be a shit show for one year with uh, Texas and Oklahoma on their way mm -hmm. out the door, which we'll talk about them next week. So which which of the new teams do you think has would you predict to finish with the best record over the four? Mm. Honestly, I would probably say Cincinnati, just based on schedule. But the, I mean, we talked about the talent and the offensive line and all that. But I mean, I haven't really had time to dive into UCF or Houston yet, so we'll see. But Dana Holgerson, I don't like what I saw last year when you, you know, were preseason like a oh, possible playoff buster, and they go eight and five. So <laughs> I, you know, UCF. I mean, they've got a former power five head coach who's 
coached in big time games and things like that. So John Reese Pumley, I, I don't know how good they're going to be this year, but it's, it's the Gus bus, man. Like once that thing gets rolling, it can, it can upset some people. So I don't yeah, know. The, the brakes aren't great. No, <laughs> no, it can. It no, can. I, I think I would lean UCF just because I think their style of play will yeah. fit into the big 12 quickest. I think yeah. they'll be less kind of out of their depth. You know, not that any of these teams are just going to go out there and go in 12, but I, I think they have the smoothest transition in terms of roster makeup and play style of the four. And I, you know, without really parsing their schedule yet, because we're covering them the next week, I, I think I might lean them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, one thing that you can understand about UCF is that they, they are serious about their fucking football program. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't have to worry about whether they're going to fork out resources or dollars to it. Like they they take that shit serious down there. And you know, I love the I love the comment from their athletic director where we're the flagship program for the state of Florida for the Big Twelve. You know, which is the truth. Okay, but, yeah, fact, factually accurate, I yeah, guess. But it's a weird flex, you know. Yeah, so I, I I thought that was kind of funny, but we'll talk more about them next week. And we're going to, we got anything else we need to cover before we get out of here for this week? No, I think we're all set. Uh, just yeah, I next, think we're next good. Week, so, all right. So the, the re- recap teams. us. Yeah. Recap us real quick on what we did here. So run us down who went over and under on each one. Okay. We are both over on Kansas state, Kansas and Oklahoma state. We are both under on West Virginia and Cincinnati. And then our two disagreements uh, we got out of the way fairly early and then sort of rode out some some harmony there. But uh, I'm over on Iowa State five and a half. You're under. And I am over BYU four and a half. And you're under. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, uh, yeah. So next week we'll be talking about Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor, TCU, UCF, all that good stuff, man. All those Southern teams. So should be interesting. I, I'm just... I'm ready to see if Texas can actually fucking get it done this year, man. Quinn Ewers, we got one more year to enjoy him before he's off to the NFL. And then it's Arch Manning. Arch Manning season. But, uh, all right. Well, in the meantime, so part one of the Big 12 is complete. And in the meantime, you guys can check this out. And you can find our show on the interwebs at South End Zone Pod. Uh, That's YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. And uh, you guys can find us all, all of our content there. We're available on all major podcast platforms as part of the Bellab Sports Network. So until next week, when we continue this Big 12 fiasco, everybody stay safe, take care, and we will see you then. Thank you very much. Have a great day.